honestly, I can. I'm struggling to string sentences together, so uh, feel free to jump in and <laughs> correct me and pick up if I ever just start looking me even well, more bewildered than usual. Got a few questions in Twitter we can answer, and a few people on the Slack channel. I think maybe if there's people on Slack and in the space, they can ask us questions real time. We can respond to. But so in terms of um, in terms of we don't have a super solid plan. I kind of vote we just wing it. Mm. I vote we wing this one. <laughs> Steve's going to be. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree, Steve. Hi, everyone. I'm Jordan. I'm Chris, and I'm Ben. Welcome to Fireside Swift. Chris, how you how you doing today or tonight, sir? I'm pretty good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I've done. I remember when I first started doing Fireside Swift, I used to, I think, think about what I was going to talk about about three or four days ahead of time. Um, and obviously, as time's gone on now, I just, I, I don't actually, although I'm quite a planner, I don't always plan for, for what I'm going to talk about. Um, what, was, what has been going on the last two weeks? I think one, two things that spring to mind. Um, firstly, the um, the backfill for my current, current day job, so obviously pre-iOS developer, um, has now been hired. So in my day job, um, from the start of this week, the person's kind of doing a phased introduction into into my role. They've, they're kind of handing over bits that they are still working on and starting to pick up aspects of my job. Um, so been kind of doing handovers for the last week or so, and I'll, I'll be doing handovers. I think every day we've got like at least an hour, maybe two, some days a little bit more booked in um, up until I leave. So that's really kind of refreshing to know that I'm I'm actually now handing over what it is I I do in my day job at the moment to somebody because I was kind of worried uh, my my manager was dragging dragging his feet a little bit in, in the hiring process and um although I wouldn't say I was worried because I was going but you know it's just nice to know that I'm handing over something to to somebody now um so that's really uh that's that's kind of what's been happening in my um but, my job life but you isn't your job being made redundant and therefore no. No. Well, yes and no. Um, my previous job um, was made redundant. However, the team was restructured. And the job that I've been doing since January at the start, since January this year, is the job I would have applied for and and po- quite probably have gotten um, if I'd have um, if I'd have stayed. Um, however, I opted for redundancy, and therefore they uh, still needed right. to backfill this job because there's not enough people. There wasn't enough people to fill that job at my job level, um, and so they they've had to hire for that for that uh, job. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just to do with the restructure of the team and things like that. Um, I think the other thing to mention, I've kind of mentioned this um, on and off over the last um, few few weeks or so, but. In my spare time, I've been kind of working on my second app that's on the App Store, my AdSense. And again, I've mentioned this in the past on other episodes, but the reason I've been working on it is because Google have um, changed the... They've, they've got a new version of the API that they that they that I use for the app, and therefore I'm having to uh, update the app. My deadline is the 12th of October, and they have been letting me know since... I would say the last twelve months that they're going to be doing it, but you know I've been working on a lot of other things outside of of my kind of 
own projects. So, you know, when we first started doing Fireside Swift, um, I was working on the Lord of the Rings quiz uh, rewrite. Um, and then obviously I had a slew of um, take-home projects for interviews and things like that. So I kind of put it on the back burner a little bit. But since I've been offered my job, um, I thought to myself, right, I've got to really focus on this app to get the API updated. I guess ignorantly thinking, which is probably um, very silly of me, thinking it would be quite straightforward. Um, unfortunately, it's turning out that it's not quite as straightforward as initially thought, thought <laughs> which I think is quite a common, probably, uh, uh, thing for, for developers. Um, and they always say you're supposed to overestimate, aren't you? Which I yeah. clearly have <laughs> probably, probably a good lesson for you me, should, actually. Like, you, you should assume it's going to take three times longer. And even when you take that into account, it will still take another three times longer than that. <laughs> oh, really? <God>. Well, <laughs> I thought it'd take me about two weeks tops and I'm, I'm two weeks or so in, I suppose, probably a little bit longer, actually. And I, 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 well, based on what you've just said, I think I've got two weeks left. So let's say four weeks left. My aim is to get it done before I start my new job. And like I said, the actual deadline has to be the 12th of October. I guess the reason I'm, I'm saying all this is I got to a point about, um, I think it was when Monday or Tuesday last week. And um, I I kind of thought to myself, based on the amount of work that I now, now knew I had to do to rework the app, whether or not I actually wanted to... Um, keep it on the app store or not i kind of thought to myself i was at a point where i was just thinking i don't need it on the app store i could still use it myself um i could just take it down and you know it, it's a great portfolio piece for me um however um it, now that i've kind of been offered that job there's there's they didn't feel that need to have uh, uh have it as a portfolio piece um i still i could still have it in my repertoire obviously um so i kind of thought i was i was in a position where i was thinking about taking it off the app store and it just so happened, and I don't I mean, this is a bit of a coincidence, but the, the following morning, um, I got a, a DM from somebody on Twitter, um, somebody who I followed for quite some time, and he's followed me for quite some time, another iOS developer. And he messaged me and told me that he just recently downloaded the app because I think it was the day before, um, Google had officially stopped returning um any data on their own AdSense app. So they'd taken their own AdSense app off the App Store about 12 months ago. But if you still had the app on your device, it still returned the relevant data. However, the day um, that I got that message, the previous day to that, um, Google had stopped returning data at all. And I quickly opened the app and, yeah, lo and behold, it didn't show any data. And then I... um, I had a look at my um, kind of so I've, I, I, the app's got a fire. It's linked to Firebase, so I can see how many users are using the app and how many kind of roughly how many downloads it's got. And there was a bit of a spike. And and then also I checked App Store Connect, and I, I'd I'd had more downloads in the day than I think I've had over the last kind of six six months or so. <laughs> and and it's, wow, is it yeah. paid? Are you, are you getting money for this? Uh, yeah it, it's um it's currently 2.99 on the app store wow. um so, so i was i was very surprised yeah um um i even said to uh my i said to amanda my wife i said oh you know maybe i'll i, I won't accept this job i'll just become an indie dev um obviously it's just it's kind of it's reduced since that but it's definitely maintained a little bit more than it was doing kind of um a couple of weeks ago um, so that's kind of, I mean, money's not a um, the driving factor, although it has swayed me to kind of 
put that effort in because you know I, I'm also considering considerate that I've taken a pay cut for the current role that I am doing. So if I can at least kind of bolster up my income in some way, um, the only downside is is understandably um, having more users already has already proven that you get a lot more feedback and and not necessarily unhappy users, but users who want more things and and things that um, I don't necessarily have the time to invest in. But um, but yeah, um, I'm still working on the um, the the refactor to 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 get it up working with the new API. I'm still not 100% convinced I can get it working for everything that I previously could have done. I've already been told by Google that the AdSense API. Um, was returning data that the AdMob API cannot return, and I have to use the AdMob API in certain circumstances. So I know this functionality I'm going to have to strip out a little bit, but um, but yeah, so that's kind of dominated, I suppose, my spare time in the last um, kind of week or week or so, I suppose. So, but you know, it's a good problem to have as well. Yeah. You know, it's given me an incentive to to you know to to carry on with this problem, and that's a good thing. I'm learning new stuff about um, the API and reading the Google documentation, and um, that's good too. But at the same time, I, I just want—I am kind of conscious. I want to get it kind of done and dusted now. Yeah, you're experiencing like proper indie development where people changing like your your business model relies on certain data, and then you're relying on a third party that that have said no. Now you're going to be getting different data, and it's just yeah. Absolutely. And, and I've had to change it. Yeah. Like I said at the start, a lot more I've had to change it within the app than I originally kind of anticipated. Um, so, yeah, just taking a bit more time. That's all. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you need any help, feel free to give me a give me a shout. I was at a point where I thought, who can I talk to about this? But I'll, um, yeah, I, I'm cracking on for the time being. And um, yeah, I'll definitely, if I, I think it depends how close I get to that 12th of October date. And um, you yeah, got a while. I'll, uh, yeah, you should yeah, have I've enough got some time. time. I'm, sh- I, I'm confident I can get it done. Yeah, as a way so. of, uh, time has a way of disappearing it quite does, quickly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, how are you, Ben? How are you getting on? Yeah, well, um, as we talk about in the after show, I'm extremely tired, so I apologise if I don't make any sense at some point today. Um, but other than that, very well. Um, maybe later on I'll tell you about uh, an app idea I've been working on. Um, but at the moment, like something I didn't get to talk to you guys about was what I was up to on Tuesday, the day after we recorded. So a couple of days after we recorded, um, kind of a friend of mine from college that I've started speaking to again since he joined uh my gym he's been he's been working in tech ever since and i kind of left this whole the whole area and the industry and then came back to it later in life um he he just kind of out of the blue messaged me and said do you want to go to essex marina in uh in an hour <laughs> and just like and i was it was about five o'clock or so he's like can you be there at six and i'm thinking and he, i know he's got a little boat and uh what he said is that there are hundreds of seals that live off the uh, like uh, mo of the local mod site where they set off the bombs and everything, and there's no people around, so all these seals have just like bred in this area. And I don't think I've ever seen one up close before, or even in person. And um, yeah, so just randomly, I went down there, and um, and we went out, and he let me uh, he let me drive his little boat, which was fun. And uh, <laughs> and then we got out, and it was the most. It was the perfect night. So it, it was about maybe half an hour or so until sunset, 
perfect uh like not too many clouds in the sky no wind so it was like the water was like glass and as you and as we pulled up around the corner and if you look on the slack i've just sent a video of the seals and they kind of they're quite uh inquisitive and they all just run down and slide on their bellies down the mud and into the water and then come to see you and they kind of they kind of tried to keep their distance, but the longer that they're there, the closer they are. And I brought, frustratingly, I brought my drone, but because we're near the MOD site, it wouldn't take off. No. Um, but uh, so I, that would be my first question, actually, whether you'd bought that. I or would not. love to have flown the drone. I'm going to try it again, like because um, I think I can probably do it. But I want to go over them as we're coming up, and so you can get a really nice shot of them sliding down. I think it would be incredible. Mm. So yeah, it was just it was the most like wonderful experience ever just to be bobbing in perfect silence i had a dslr that's how i got the pictures that i've I've sent you on the chat as well and just yeah just got i might i'll have to stick them on twitter or something so yeah just able to see the seals as the sun setting behind them and they sound like dogs and they're quite kind of playful um and my friend said he took i don't know if you're allowed to do this but he took a a bucket of kfc to them (laughs) one time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, oh, we went down there and I was throwing it out and they, and they and they just, they're kind of scavengers. They'll eat anything and they'll just chew straight through the bones. And um, he said they absolutely loved it. But you have to be a bit careful because if they know you've got food, they will actually jump in the boat with you. But they're not aggressive, but they're so heavy, you can't move them. So you basically just have to wait <laughs> until it decides to move on, I guess, oh, or throw some food overboard. But um yeah, that, that's that's what I've been doing, other, other than my my usual work. And hopefully, you like you like the pictures. Uh, yeah, they look they look fantastic, don't they? It was really good. Yeah, it was something else. Um, yeah, other than that, all good. Uh, how you doing, Jordan? I've remembered you this week. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, I'm I'm good. I've been good. It's been it's been hot in New Mexico again this week, but. That's that's all right. I'm just uh, I'm counting down the days till I I go on my little long weekend vacation. So a week from today, which for people who are listening to this when it uh, publishes, we week from today is a Sunday. We record on Sundays, um, but I'll actually be in Los Angeles uh, visiting Stephen. Hey, that, I'm looking forward to that, and it should hopefully be a lot cooler there than it is here, right right mm. near the ocean and all. We uh. Stephen and I brief, briefly discussed, like, oh, what if we record oh. an episode while we're out there? But I think I think I'll be busy. Uh, <laughs> not to interrupt I'm your, your flow, on but Stephen's on the live stream, and no one else has told us that um, you're muted. Maybe it's because me and Hef have been speaking for a while, and they didn't realize, and they thought there was just awkward silences where you were talking. Well, now that I'm not muted, I'll TLDR everything I just said. Next Sunday, I'm going to be, or next weekend, I'll be in uh, L.A. visiting Steve, and that'll be fun. Oh, I, I, uh, can't, I can't wait for you guys to, to, meet, to meet up and yeah. kind of, I want to see pictures of you guys together. I know that we have oh, them we'll, already. We'll, but... we'll, we'll take pictures. I'll, 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 we'll send some to you. I might, I might even tweet some if I remember that Twitter's a thing. I only, I only remember Twitter exists like a day or two out of the week. <laughs> Can you do I, pictures? I even got... Sorry, can you do pictures with like each of your arms out by your sides so that we I can Photoshop me and Heffin under your arms? <laughs> so as if you're <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. four of us to, yeah, together. Absolutely, we'll do that. <laughs> Sorry, Heffin. I look like a hobbit. No, I was going to say I even got a um, a notification uh, pop up to say Jordan No Handle has tweeted and he hasn't tweeted in some time. Do you want to ch- check it out? 
Aww. So even Twitter knows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Steve and I, we, we, we briefly discussed, or it might have been in our group message. We're like, oh, well, what if we record an episode while, while I'm out there so that we do one where, you know, half of us are in person. But I think we decided I'm going to be busy doing touristy things like uh, yeah. eating seafood and getting drunk. We could record it whilst you're drunk. That could be an interesting show. <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be that would be even worse. And I don't know if you guys know, but Stephen cannot hold his liquor. <laughs> now, He's not he, he claims. Well, no, neither can I. To be honest, he claims to be a, a better drinker than I am. And to be honest, I, I'm inclined <laughs> to believe him. And he's he's typing in the chat now. I know that's why I'm that's why I'm saying this because he's he's <laughs> he's not <laughs> he's not on the episode today, but he's listening to the Twitter space and and responding real time in Slack. Don't, don't worry, he doesn't know what's coming up. He he didn't hear our previous conversation, did he? No. <laughs> okay, I've I've posted my makeshift uh, mic to the to the chat as well, which is well, I've du- I've got duct tape on a on an AirPod in order to. It actually it hurts me to see du- duct tape attached to an <laughs> AirPod. Like I'm 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 imagining you trying to get that adhesive off later and. Uh, is whether or not I tell Sally is you'll find out next next episode because I might just just leave it as is. <laughs> whether or not you tell Sally, it's it's in the Slack channel. It's going to be on the show. She'll know. She won't listen. Well, she, oh, she, she doesn't, doesn't listen. listen. No, no. Well, she <laughs> told me that I told her not to listen, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will invite to the Slack channel. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't you dare! But- <laughs> like, like, I mean. Yeah, this is one. Of, she she bought these for herself, so I feel bad that I've gone and duct taped them. But what what can you do? Needs must. People need to hear live. You know I care about the Twitter space. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 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 all I've really got uh, got going on this week. It's not not incredibly exciting here. I haven't had any seals or long bike rides, oh. or people tr- replacing me at work. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to uh, follow up then? Yeah, yep. I like that you're. I appreciate that you're taking on uh, Steve's. You are Steve. Oh, I, this I've episode. not admitted to that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the first follow up. So, um, firstly, um, so last episode we finished recording and we went onto the uh, Twitter space, and um, Joe Cab kindly let us know that it was our four year or very very close to uh, the four year anniversary. Um, of um, Fireside Swift, so I thought, what better way to celebrate that than to do to to use Joe Cab's spreadsheet and do a little uh, birthday pop quiz? And now um, we've got Steve on the chat. I'm just wondering, he can yeah, reply you... in real time. <laughs> yeah, we well, uh, we could always do what we did with. Oh no, he can't talk, can he? I was wondering if we could do what we did with uh, Donny on the. Sean Allen episode, but yeah, I, was um, gonna, I think he's milking it a little bit. I reckon he can come on yeah. like uh, audio briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. He's going. He's off <laughs> Steve, time for me to leave. <laughs> um, so I've got f- one, two, three, four quick questions uh, for for you, Jordan and Ben, just on some trivia, some Fireside Swift trivia. Okay, great. And anybody else in the Slack, if you want to guess as well, then. Pop your message into the Slack channel. So, when did the first episode of Fireside Swift air? Okay, now we can work this out. I'm I'm going to go with approximately four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need a specific <laughs> a specific you want an date. date. Okay, so yeah. I think 
play, so I'm going to have to shut my door. There's a dog barking. Um, oh, so, Joe, Joe, don't link to yeah, Joe. Yeah. Joe, don't, Joe, don't, Joe the don't look at that. So four years ago. So August, <laughs> I'm going to say the 10th of August 2018. 10th, did you say? Yeah. Um, very close. Sorry. Oh. You said 2018. That would only be three years. Did you say 2018? No, I said yeah. 2017. God, yeah. get your ears. <laughs> he said, no, no. He said 2018. It's recorded. So if this is a competition, <laughs> he said August 10th, 2018. I'm going to go with August 9th, 2018, and that will probably make me closer. <laughs> oh, that's unfair. Steve, Steve will. I thought so it was September, it was- Steve says. So the answer, 9th of August 2017. 9th of August 2017. Yeah. So obviously, we... I win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> Steve said I thought it was September, so yeah. You, he, so he, Steve he was, was the, the only one off. that was there. We've only been here six months. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but what does Steve know about this? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you weren't there, man. Um, next question. So, so this... I think it's probably quite an obvious one because I remember this quite easily. But what was the topic of the first episode? Oh, uh, op- optionals. What do you think, Jordan? God, I don't remember. I, I have no clue. Steve, knows. Steve says he knows this one. Yeah. Okay, go on, Steve. Well, let's yeah see, Steve. Uh, Let's Steve answer in Slack. Now, I have. Did you know this? If if if, if you were to have been asked this, yeah, I remember. Yeah, there we go. So Steve's commented. Ben is no right. Ben is right. Optional. It was optional. Oh, I'm well happy with that. For a bonus, a bonus um, point. Although I'm not scoring this whatsoever. Um, can you remember the episode title? I wonder if Steve might know this. Does it have an optional something in the title itself? Or is it completely unrelated? No. It's um, slightly related, actually. Something about what the nil or something like that? Is it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, what the nil. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting. I'm. I'm really, really pleased with this. <laughs> and Joe Cab, the title was in capital letters. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so next, uh, next question: What episode was Paul Hudson in? And what was the topic? Like, like specifically, what episode number? Yeah. Don't you know your history, Fireside Swift? I'm going to say 34. Oh, not bad. <sighs> right, here you go, Jordan. You've got a ballpark now. 30. And um, the answer is 43. So uh, 34. That's what I was thinking Switch of. My, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. brain. I wouldn't and, and, wait to see if um, Steve knew that one. He, he missed the question. Yeah. Well, fair enough. The, the the topic was speaking at conferences. Um, and the last question, which actually I, I writ, I'd written yesterday, but actually the answer now is probably a little bit off, actually. So the the question is, is how many episodes has Steve been absent? So do you want to include this episode that we're recording now? Okay. Or is partially present? I think we I think we'll include this as Steve not here. Um that is a good question. So So we're including this one. Steve I, I was, said I was on something well, okay, like so six he, or he, seven. he's already been absent like two this season. At least, wasn't it? 
Eight. So Steve says eight. I I think it's I was less gonna than go that. F- I was going to say five. I'm going to say six then. So the answer is four. So five, including this one. No, really. Yeah. So, like you say, it's well. This will be the third episode this season that he's missed. Well, but hold on. Well, this will. Be, I think this is the third episode this season he hasn't been on. But one of those was one the the WWDC one where we planned on just the two of you recording. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that as a missed one. I I just said we- on Joe's spreadsheet. I think he's listed any any of us that were absent. So, yeah. Because I, I, if you think, include any that Steve wasn't in, it's five included in this one. I did one. Okay. I think I did one or maybe two without Steve and just with Zach. I'm thinking about that, right? Yeah. But yeah, okay. It's, it's <laughs> a lot less and, than I thought. and this is this is going. Yeah, I, I'm just calling this out. This is um, according to Joe Cab's spreadsheet, which he has said on the Slack channel does not make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we go. Anyways, that was the the slight the 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 birthday pop quiz. Why does my Happy mic birthday. keep turning off on the Twitter space? Yeah, no it's idea. on for me at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I just unmuted it, okay. but I, I looked down and it was muted again. It's so funny watching Steve and Joe Cab go back and forth in the chat live. <laughs> this is great. Um, okay, right. So, shall we talk about the actual follow up for the episode? So, the first uh, piece of follow up we have here is from Stuart Lynch. So he um, said to us here that I want... We might need to pick this up with Steve, actually, um, when he's back uh, in two weeks' time. So he's um, messaged us... Well, tweeted us to say, I want to differ with respect to Git through Xcode. So um, just to mention, on the last episode that we recorded, we talked about uh, developer tools. And one of those things that we talked about was managing Git through Xcode. Um, and I think most of us weren't in favour of that. And I think Steve was very um, adamant that, um, yeah, it, it was pretty terrible, to say the least. So, um, but, but Stuart's got a different opinion, which is um, that he thinks that for people starting out and sole developers, it is a great introduction and solution. And mm-hmm. he's actually also linked to a, a YouTube uh, playlist that he's put together with his own videos on on why he thinks not not just thinks that, but about using Xcode to to manage Git. I mean, it works. I mean, yeah. I think Steve's problem. He's typing now, probably furiously. But um, it's better I, than nothing. Is what yeah, Steve's put. It's than literally. What, and, no, it, he's he 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 is technically correct. It is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. He uh. said, but literally anything else is better. Okay, now that that's there's two different arguments there. Is does it does it work like for the intended purpose of being an independent developer? You're pushing, you're pulling, you're doing merge conflicts versus it, is it better to do it elsewhere i think it is capable it, sorry it, Jordan. well th- those those don't have to those aren't you know mutually exclusive it does work for the intended purposes and you can absolutely you you can use it like you're talking about but other tools do work better when i got started i started off and maybe i'm biased because i started off using source tree but i started off using source tree got used to that tried it through Xcode didn't like it and eventually just moved on to using Git through the console. Mm. I think a lot of people have a similar that, that, experience. That, that's become my preferred way to use is just using Git straight through the terminal. I'm always surprised when I see people actually using the Xcoding, uh, Git Xcode, to be honest. But then I forget that at some point that was me. Like when I had some personal projects, that is just how I would do it. I didn't have to worry about a separate app. But now, mm-hmm. yeah, as Steve says, 
there are be- like every app is better in terms of if you make changes, you're able to highlight the specific lines that you want to commit and easily write things for them. And things are just a li- little bit more laborious here and there for the Xcode. But um, I think Stuart does have a point. It, it's, it isn't terrible. It's just probably the worst option. <laughs> it's this weird thing where none of them are like absolutely awful. They all work for the intended purpose, but some mm. better than others. Let's Let's say it is the worst of the good options. Um, although Steve will say there are no worse options. There are no bad options then, I guess, in that. If the, if it's the worst of all the good options, then that means there are no bad options because it's meant to be the worst well, of all um, of them. That leaves us at a, at a, ni- at a nice middle ground where, where we don't have to be at, at odds with Stuart because we're saying, yes, it is still a good option. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but there's lots of better ones. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Stuart. We don't, like, still everyone look at, you know, if you want to do it in Xcode, go and watch his videos. <laughs> Yeah, I think definitely for 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 somebody new as well. I think um, it'd be great to to watch those videos because Git is such a um, a kind of con- it's kind of a abstract concept is what I'm thinking of when when you're first starting developing. Oh, I mean, you could say that about all the programming, but go yeah, on. That's true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think having some sort of I've not looked at the playlist myself, but having some sort of guidance on how to navigate that i mean ben you and i we had a chat about that when we first started talking kind of january february time and that really helped just having somebody talk me through it and so i think having a play a video playlist to refer to would again would be very yeah very useful yeah cool um talking on git quickly before i move on to the next um before we move on to the next piece of feedback joe said here um in our Slack channel, I wonder what the UK people think of a product called Git. So I suppose what? Git is. Pro- <laughs> I, I suppose the, the, the oh, use right, of the yes. use of the yeah. term Git in the UK is, I imagine, not it's, used in in the US. It's, it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a, a pejorative, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's used a lot as well. Oh, you're su- in terms of you're such a Git. What a Git. Yeah. Yeah. You old git like now at the quiz the team that are the uh they 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 win pretty much every time they turn up and it's a group of maybe three or four kind of science teachers and this sort of thing and they're just called the old gits for example. <laughs> um, cool. An, an unpleasant or contemptible person is yeah the dictionary definition for a UK git. <laughs> I think it should. I think it should move its way over to. Um, to America at some point. Ben, do you want to take the next piece of uh, follow-up? I'm just thinking, are you in the show notes? You are, you're asking me, I am in the show notes. You're asking me to read, like, okay, well, I'm just here think, we go. Because we talked about a, a diff slash merge tool, so you go ahead. Okay, so this is from Emmanuel Posa. I'm going to go with that. Um, the best diff merge tool I've used is Beyond Compare. Yeah, I think I had that in my notes and it wasn't actually mentioned. Um, he says, I'm using it in conjunction with SourceTree. Uh, whenever there's a more significant change that I can't quite understand, I just open Beyond Compare from SourceTree with a keyboard shortcut. Have either of you ever used Beyond Compare before? I've never heard of it. I have. Until. Not for anything remotely uh, related to this, but yes. Yeah. Just comparison comparing differences between files yeah yeah and i've i've used it and someone someone was able to tell me what the ui looked like in comparison to something else because it's it's got like a 90s 
UI, really, like worse than Jenkins or anything, if you're familiar. Um, <laughs> and um, and we used it because we had two branches that behaved differently, but that felt that where there was no diff, like there was no diff in Xcode or any source control, but the two files acted completely differently. So we had to, so we used Beyond Compare to do that. And it is actually very good. I, I found it like there maybe is a bit of a learning curve because it is it does feel very old school, but you can compare anything you want and you can be very specific about what's going on. So, yeah, um, I agree. It was on my list of things to talk about and I forgot to. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of the best comparison tools around there beyond compare. Cool. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, just lastly, lastly, I also wanted to call out, I've not quoted them or anything however i noticed over the last um week or so i don't know if there was an ongoing thread or not but um we were recommended by a couple of people as useful or interesting i don't know what the words we use but podcasts to listen to if you're interested in programming swift ios um so i just wanted to thank a couple of people that had uh, recommended us so that was gigabyte dan um teached rob which i think um ben you 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 mentioned as well um and also robert ramirez so just wanted to say thank you um for for yeah recommending fireside swift it's really yeah. really great yeah really appreciated it's great to have people uh oh i've just moved things on the show notes um it, it's just it, it's amazing to have other people kind of suggesting us especially in those lists of kind of good podcasts it was rob percival that did it and he was the first person that I learned iOS development from. And when I did my first uh, kind of app that I was selling, it was basically off the back of doing his course or the kind of the complete iOS developer guide. Um, so it's, it's just amazing for someone that I learned from and who was a professional teacher before I even started my first line of code and have him say, I listen to Fireside Swift or it's on his list of things that he listens to, which is just uh, it's just amazing. It's It's very odd how things turn out. Brilliant. So, Ben. So, Jordan. So, so Chris. Today, I think we're talking about um, Q and A. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, we're doing a Q and A today. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm just I'm so worried about Stephen's reaction to this. Um, we asked on Twitter before because we we uh, at the last minute, unfortunately, Stephen. We haven't actually mentioned, but Stephen's not well today. Have we mentioned that today? Um, so that's why he's <laughs> that's why he's not here and he's currently freaking out that there's been no segue um and 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 for some reason has to get in the uh, the blame for it um, <laughs> that wasn't my <laughs> <laughs> so he he messaged us a few hours ago saying he, unfortunately he's he's ill and can't do the show so we uh we took to twitter and said okay we would like Steve for the next topic so let's do some Q&A and we can see uh if people had any questions and fortunately, they did. So we're going to spend the next uh, half an hour or so. We, probably may, we might even need a bit longer answering some of the questions we received on Twitter, which are actually uh, quite interesting. So can one of you guys read the first ones? Because I'm not Yeah, on I'll Twitter. go with the first one. So the first one we have is from Talik Lippi. And I'm sorry if I've mispronounced that. Um, it's actually a couple of questions, I think, in the same big overall question um so i'll read the whole tweet and then we can maybe have a look at breaking that down in some way so the question that he's asked is what does it take to be an ios developer um 
an iOS job and an app on the in the App Store. So I think it's a couple of questions in in what unless he's saying sorry that what does it take to be an iOS developer? Is it an iOS job or is it an app in the App Store? Um, now that's so, an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite uh, philosophical. So what I do think, you think? I, I've got a, 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 an opinion on, on this. I think and. Um, it kind of stems back to um, when I first started learning um, iOS development. And I think it's very easy to label, I suppose, label yourself, especially because I think, you know, when I created a, a, a Twitter account, you kind of got your bio. So you want to put something in there. You've, you also may be creating other, you know, like a GitHub profile or whatever it might be. And and I always, when I first started uh, started out, I was always an aspiring iOS developer. Um, now, one thing, I, I read an article, again, this was probably about two years or so ago, and realistically, I'm not saying, um, you know, you're definitely an iOS developer the, the first day you read a line of Swift code. However, if you are practicing and learning how to program then and obviously we're we're saying this is specific to iOS, but it could be any um, you know platform or, or 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 language. You know, there's no reason why you cannot say that you're an iOS developer. You you don't necessarily need to have you know. I wouldn't say you necessarily need to have an app on the App Store or you need to have a job in the field. Um, there's plenty, or even in indie dev, you know, there's plenty of different avenues. And I think if you put aspiring. I, you know, I feel like you may be doing yourself an injustice in some way because, you know, I, by that point, you know, I, I was, I think when I read the article, it still said I was an aspiring iOS developer. I had two apps on the App Store and I was still trying to get that, that career, that job offer. Um, however, I was still on iOS dev. dev. I, I had been, I knew how to write Swift code. I knew how to, to create a, a basic, you know, project and, uh, or an app. And so I think, it's it's not necessarily just one you know one thing that says right I'm an iOS developer as a career now so that means I am an iOS dev I feel like I've been an iOS developer for at least a you know for at least a year or so despite me not even having a a job offer in the field yes I might not be in a position that I am a hireable iOS developer but I'm still an iOS developer I might not be doing things in the complete correct way. Um, but there's plenty of iOS dev- developer, it's indie developers that would make a living out of of doing iOS development, um, and and you know if they've not been offered a job, they they would still be an iOS developer. Hmm. I'd like Jordan's <laughs> thoughts on this before I'm I'm still I'm I am. I <laughs> we'll get Stephen's thoughts if we provide a better segue. Um. So uh, <laughs> so. Jordan, what's your thoughts on this? Because I'm really mulling it over at the moment. It's 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 a seemingly innocuous question with kind of a deep answer, kind of as 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 Chris was getting into there. You know, you like you don't want to when you're thinking about you know how you're presenting yourself to maybe to to other professionals or to prospective employers. You, you gotta you gotta tread this line between you don't want to misrepresent yourself, but you also don't want to sell yourself short. And, and I might not have the best take on it. Cause I, I think I tend to be a little harder on myself than most people do. I certainly, I don't call myself an iOS developer. Not, I mean, certainly not professionally, but even like, I, you know, I, I, 
I'm willing to call myself a, a web developer, a JavaScript developer, all kinds of things like that. But I, I haven't really taken to calling myself an iOS developer because that's the hard part. I, I don't, I don't have anything. I don't have anything concrete I can put after the word after the word because there. It's, it's. I feel like there should be some sort of milestone, but I'm. I think I think about it as like, oh well, I'll, I'll know it when I get there. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I do. As you can see, from the mess from my office, I, I do woodworking, but I don't call myself a carpenter. You know, I think how I refer to myself usually is based on what I do full time as a rule Mm -hmm. so even if it was an if i'm an indie developer so when i was first selling my apps to other companies but kind of working part-time elsewhere at that point i would say oh i'm an ios developer because that's my i'm actually making like income or at least i'm committing my career and life to this role um like when when i was younger i was always kind of working in various customer service roles and it were kind of customer service representatives but when i when like the majority of my time was doing playing the band and doing like uh, I was kind of touring with other bands as a session guitarist at that point I could put musician for a short amount of time, um, which was interesting. But I never re- like I never really made too much money from it. But um, in terms of what I do now, I think if if I just learned and I wasn't doing it full time, I would say I'm an, I would actually say I'm an, it's kind of not what you were saying. I'd say I would say I'm an aspiring iOS developer until either uh, until it becomes my main source of income, mm-hmm. or and I, until then I am just a person who can do who can create who one of my skills is to make iOS apps. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like one of my skills is that I can make boxes. I can also make iOS apps, and whatever whichever I choose to do full time, that becomes I am an iOS developer. If you know what I mean, but it doesn't. But yeah. So would you say that it re- it kind of sounds like it relates more to um, mm. what it is that you choose to do as as a living? I think so. And <coughs> and and then and the real question is, okay, what if I, I've chosen to do it as a living, but I'm not yet doing it for mm. a living? At that point, I think your word aspiring, because Sally's in a situation with her voice. She's trying to learn to do voice actress work and... She was saying, well, when the baby's born, what do I put as my employment? Because this goes on like historical record. She was like, I can't really put voice actress, but that is what I'm going to go into. And I was like, well, you can Mm. probably put aspiring voice actress. So then people can look and they can see what Mm. your kind of direction is. Because you may not end up ever going there. And Steve's asked, what about putting an app on the app store? Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a an an interesting question. Mm. Interesting point. I I would say to that that it's it's a. uh, Having an app on the App Store, I wouldn't say that's the threshold of entry to calling yourself an iOS developer, but certainly once you have an app on the App Store, I don't think anyone can say you're not. You know, like Hef has an app on the App Store. I don't. I don't think anyone can say that Hef is not an iOS developer. But I don't. I also don't think you necessarily have to have one up there to call yourself an iOS developer. Yeah, yeah. Like because the the weeks and months leading up to releasing that app, it, you're no less of a developer than when you than when you actually tick the button to have it published. So yeah, it's 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 a very difficult question. It's yeah, I'm just thinking. So on the basis of we've, I guess we've got conflicting views on this. So say for example, if we look at what Jordan just said there, so I've had an app on the App Store since twenty end of twenty eighteen, um, but based. Uh, 
the the well we've seen it we've talked about it the the code base is a complete mess it's it could do with a whole well we we started refactoring it we will be going back to refactoring it as well however they all are so <laughs> so um <laughs> so but but does that mean i i'm not an ios developer or i wasn't at the time i, I agree with Jordan, I'm not, not, in uh, terms of i think the idea of if if you've created an ios app Mm. Um, I mean, you especially, I think the moment, I think having released it on the app store, you're very much an iOS developer in that you, you can do iOS development and you, and you have even done it in practice, but yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the point in which someone that is learning iOS development becomes an actual iOS developer. It's all how you see yourself really. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's very, uh, it's going to be very, uh, subjective and and I, it's going to be more about how how the person judges themselves yeah. than anything else mm. if, if if whether you feel like you've done enough or know enough or are good enough to call yourself an ios developer or not i think that's ultimately what it would come down to for each individual person yeah and i think code quality doesn't really come into it because most people's code is trash if you go back and look six months yeah prior no, so okay. yeah i um, think joe cabs raised a good point in the uh the chat um so he said there that someone who copies Paul Hudson's tutorial code and compiled it into an app and put it on the app store, I would say is not an app developer. Um, so I suppose it, it, that, that almost then leans on whether or not you're, you're understanding exactly what it is you're, you're putting into the app well, or choosing I to think- do. That there's, I think there's a there's a pretty pretty simple razor to separate that out. I think we're we're talking about writing code, not not copy pasting someone else's code. That's <laughs> that's a pretty simple distinction. Yeah, if you if you copy and paste like a Da Vinci, you're, you're not an artist. Um, so uh, I think we, maybe you should move on to. I think are we, are we happy yeah. to move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good so. to move on to the next one. Um, well, I can read this. So from Flo, Flo writes code. Do we know who that is? Like. Actually, a person that's listening now. Well, if, if if you know if you know your name, let us know. Um, what oh, what's the hardest part about iOS Dev for you, and what's the most fun part? Um, Jordan, I I would I would well, my take on this question, I I would extend this past uh, maybe a little broader than iOS development and just development in general. And I would say that the 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 hardest part and the most fun part are often the same thing, and that's the problem. So that's the problem solving. <laughs> yes. It is, yeah. I think anyone anyone who enjoys writing code, be it Swift for iOS or JavaScript or whatever you're writing code for, the you know find finding a problem worth solving or sometimes creating a problem uh, worth solving and being able to solve it through code is is pretty. It's. We're, we're all people that like puzzles and, and solving that puzzle is, is its own, is its own kind of reward. Even when the puzzle is sometimes something of your own making, but there's, there's a point when in that problem solving, when it, it can become, become so frustrating. And so you're, you're, you know, you start thinking yourself in circles so much that, 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 well, I've learned to get up and walk away from the computer for a while, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's often all one and the same. The most fun part and the hardest part. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. Um, Hef, how are you, where are you? Where do you land on this? Um, <clears throat> I suppose I'll start with the most 
hardest part. I don't know if it's the hardest part or the most frustrating part, but it, it's quite a recent example, actually. Like I said, um, when I talked about what I've been up to the last couple of weeks, I think I found it so frustrating that I couldn't do what I wanted to do and I knew I can already do because somebody else has changed something that I'm using. So I spent hours reading through documentation, reading through um, you know Google's API websites, looking at example requests, sending example requests through Postman, um, and not necessarily getting any further, or I didn't feel like I was getting any further. I mean, I clearly was getting further because by failing, you're, you're, you're understanding what you can't do, and then you kind of progress forward with that. Um, but I found it so frustrating and, and um, yeah, just hard that um, I couldn't do what I knew I could previously do um, with the API with the API calls. Yeah. So I, I definitely found that quite difficult. And, and again, that's kind of when I thought to myself, well, should I throw in the towel? Not with iOS development as a whole, but this specific uh, project that I was working on. Um, I think what the most fun part is, and I think one of the parts that I've I've always really enjoyed from doing app development, and it started the first time I, I, I published an app on the App Store, is I can just, I can write these colourful words in an IDE on my MacBook, which is, you know, it's a, such a small device just sat here and distribute the, that to the whole world. And it's, it's, I still find it kind of strange that when I check Firebase to see how many people are using those two apps that I've got on the App Store, that I see a dot pop up on in like New Zealand or I see a dot pop up in, you know, America somewhere. It's just, uh, and they're using a product that I've just, you know, at 1am in the morning pushed out onto the app store or something. Mm. And I still just find that very rewarding, a very rewarding feeling um, to know that, that the, the, the effort, the, the stuff that I, the work that I put into that is reaching so many different, yeah, so many different people. Mm. Uh, Jordan has something to say on your first point, I think. Oh, I was, I was, I was just gonna. On your first point, I was gonna say that that reading documentation in general can be pretty hard, but <laughs> reading bad documentation is an awful experience through and through. <laughs> I think it's when, yeah, when I just couldn't find the answer. It wasn't the fact that the there was just no answer there. Um, it was I was trying to find a specific part of the API um, that existed in the previous version of the API, but it just was not there in the, the current version of the API, and nowhere. Did it say what had happened to it? It just did. It, it ignored it. So I eventually had to go to a forum and ask a question, and then wait four days to get an, a reply from somebody who worked on the the, t- the team. And 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 the, their reply was, "Oh, we don't do this in the new version of the API." So very that yeah was very frustrating. Um, yeah, I think from my side, I, I, I'm getting like the. I think even when I when I met with Steve, he mentioned something similar to the hardest part for me, and it's uh, it, it can be really frustrating. Like kind of what you were saying when you you don't know and you are struggling to find the answer to something, and the annoying part is when you know that you sh- like should be able to do it. And I feel like I'm becoming a lot harder on myself now than I used to be. I used to be able to really take anything with a pinch of salt and just oh well I don't know it yet I'll go and learn. But now I get this 
feeling inside of like why don't you know this like <laughs> you've been developed you've been professional iOS for so many years and you and you can't figure this out and you need to like ask for help and that's getting a bit frustrating for me because that's not how I used to kind of speak to myself while I developed and I remember saying something similar to Stephen at the time and he's like okay well imagine not knowing something but I think at the time he was the senior person in what he was doing and how much harder it becomes that you're working your way up the ranks and you still you people expect even more of you mm. the further you get through your career so i just yeah i think that that the hardest part for me so i guess that would just be kind of keeping on top of things and trying to stay relaxed when you're struck when you're struggling i'm finding that is the hardest part of the job for me um which just never used to be a problem and i need to kind of go back to that child mind of when you're first beginning and learning because i'm finding it harder and harder to keep keep up to date with all the SwiftUI and combine changes and and I work with SwiftUI and combine now on a daily basis and and it, and it can be a very frustrating experience and I mm. and I don't spend enough I find it hard to find the time to learn it in my free time as well just I think on yeah. on what you've just said there I think um you know I've seen posts on Twitter now and again crop up from what you would deem yeah senior more senior iOS developers um and, and and they've posted to say, oh, today I Googled this or, or you know, a very basic kind of uh, concept or, or something. And I think that's really useful to to see sometimes because I think from all perspectives, you know, as a new person, it's nice to know that more senior people still, you know, struggle with rem- remembering a particular thing that w- you would potentially call a bit more kind of a, a basic concept. And then again, as from a senior person perspective, it's nice to know that you're not alone. You know, there's plenty of other people in the same boat as you. That, And I think that's one, well, I think you maybe hit on something there, Ben, that's quite important, which is, you know, there's that perception, I think when I started, especially um, that as you start to learn development, you should retain that knowledge and you should retain everything that you've learned. But I think it becomes apparent that that's just not possible and I think it's it's nice to see that people call that out that look you're not expected to remember everything but it's it's how you find the answer to what it is you you're being asked to do yeah it's it's what what's what, one of the things that's frustrating is that uh and he listens to the show so Michael our senior developer has only been a developer in iOS for about 18 months two years <laughs> <laughs> and he's coming to me and the other senior developer we have who has been a contracting iOS developer for 10 years so or even since iOS 2 or something and he's telling us things that we didn't know about iOS development and it's just and it's oh my goodness what what have I been doing with my time <laughs> so so I was struggling to do that but um yeah I'm I'm trying to like make an effort to to get better with dealing with myself in those regards in terms of the most fun uh parts you know what i i i'm quite sad really i really enjoy uh when you're working in a in a good company that has decent uh planning and refinement meetings and i love being in there and being shown designs and saying this is the design that we're going for and this is how we expect it to be used and i really enjoy the process of going well hold on so what does this button do what happens when you tap this what if the user does this then this and i just i just really love that like i enjoy lots of the i enjoy most of development like i i like just getting into the flow and having a screen that needs to be built and just being able to build it for a few days like that's all great but kind of on the on the side to that i just love the us ux aspect aspect of development i find it really interesting 
um i'm struggling with it now and we'll talk about it next week i'm i'm trying to build my own app and coming up with the coming up with the ux is fun and i can do it but i've got no eye for design unless it's I know, I know, I know it if I see it, but coming up from it from scratch, I'll just put everything in like round buttons with some drop shadows, and it will look like something <laughs> yeah. from like 2010. Um, at, whereas I understand the most efficient way to go through a th- flow, but I need to make it look good as well. Yeah, I, I can, I can empathize with that. There are, there are. I was going to say there's oftentimes no just about every time I, I I write something I I can think to myself okay I know exactly what I want it to do and how I want it to do it I have no clue what I want it to look like while it's doing yeah, it because ultimately as a developer you're like I don't really I don't really care I'm making an app that provides this functionality brilliant and then you've got to go right hold on it's actually got to like look palatable sorry I think um what I tend to do in that situation is just download a load of different apps that do a similar thing that I'm trying to achieve, or at least in the same kind of area. And I don't want to say steal aspects of it, but I suppose just take inspiration from that. Um, You know, maybe look at popular apps that are are well rated um, because then, you know, there must be something there that is working. Um, That's what I, I, there's there's aspects of my app that I've definitely taken from inspiration from some of my favorite apps. And I've even contacted the, the developers on, you know, occasions and said, you know, are you happy that I, you know, use this aspect of your UI and things like that. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's worthwhile doing when you're in that kind of position. <clears throat> Steve's just, I think, re- <laughs> repurposed a Van Gogh uh, quote, <laughs> which was uh, good artists copy, uh, good artists borrow great artists steal. Um, but he's replaced it with developers. So <laughs> you can have that as your own. Um, it might have been Da Vinci. I can't remember. Ixnay on the Ealing stay. In, in D-Day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, Jordan, if, Jordan, have you got the Twitter open? Did you want to read one of Joe Cab's? Yeah. We've got, we got several questions from Joe Cab. Um, S- surprise, I, I surprise. I like this one because it's a very... It's a, yeah, it's a very simple question. What was everyone's first Macintosh? Not iOS devices. He he means the real thing. A two thousand and four MacBook Pro, or maybe a six, four or six. I can't remember, but relatively new. And I didn't have that for many years after as well, because I had to buy it on eBay for you know a couple of hundred pounds. I'm just googling mine. I think it was the 2009 MacBook, and it was the white one. Where it was the um, it kind of had the plasticky um, case, uh, a body around it. It was all white all around it. Um, the Apple logo was the correct way round the 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 way that it is now, um, and obviously it had the the logo lit up as well, which I do miss on the newer MacBooks actually, but. Um, yeah, two two thousand nine MacBook. I think That's, it was uh, so quite late to the MacBook game. Were you in Windows before? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I had um, an iPhone, the first iPhone. Although that was pre iPhone, wasn't it? Two thousand nine. So um, I was, I was, I was one of those people. I had a, you know, I was completely against iPods. I had a, a mini disc player. I was going down the mini disc route. Sony mini disc. Um, yeah, would never have an iPod. You know, how dare they close it off and, yeah. and things like that um yeah was pure kind of windows and then 
I just kind of got roped in by one of my friends and yeah, never went back basically. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much the same to me. Jordan? Uh, Steve Steve just said in Slack that his he thinks his was a, uh, a 2012 11-inch MacBook Air. That seems very late, doesn't it? But for Steve. So I wonder if he was using them for work beforehand or, or if it was just... You, actually, I, I think I can answer that question. He still has. I think I can answer that question because uh, I think I was Steven's roommate at the time that he got that machine. Uh, it was when he was working on his... Oh. Yeah, he just said in Slack, I bought it to learn iOS development. It was when he was working on his master's at NMSU. Oh, how did that turn um, out? He bought it, I think... Bought it. I don't even think it was brand new. It was like a refurbed one or something like that. He bought it specifically just to to learn on. Brilliant. Very cool. Yeah, I, I remember that. Mine was. Um, it depends how we're going to define ours because it's the one you know. Mine and mine alone. It would be the uh, twenty twelve or sorry twenty fifteen MacBook Pro that I'm actually on this FaceTime call on right now. Um. But if we want to, if we want to stretch the definition of mine a little, little more, uh, when I was a kid at home, my dad had our, our computer that we had for a while at home was one of the first um, iMacs, you know, with the CRT screen and that big plastic case, that big like teardrop shaped plastic case you could get in a bunch of different colors. Yeah, oh, we yeah. had the uh, we had the strawberry oh, colored yeah. one, had like a six gigabyte hard drive in it. It's amazing. Uh, I, I once thought that, uh, and I said to someone, "Look, you'll you'll never need more than a ten gigabyte hard drive," <laughs> because in my head, wow. like that was that was a lot back back in the day. And also, I figured that compression would just get better and better. But it, it yeah, I was very wrong about that, as, as you now know. You were. I I have fond memories of that old that old Macintosh. I remember thinking it was really cool. It had a handle on top that you could carry it. I don't know why you need to carry it around but it had that and it came it came with a game on it that i really liked it was it was like a 3d game and it was just like awesome at the time i mean everything was probably made of colorful triangles and i'm just misremembering it but it like it looked really cool and you ran around as like a like a velociraptor with a gun on your arm shooting other dinosaurs that sounds amazing (laughs) it was incredible i play that today um I'd ask Joe Cab for his one as well, just to see, and, and anyone else in the live chat that wants to contribute the answer to the question, because I want to see who's got the oldest, uh, the first start. I need to stand corrected as well. I said when I was talking about when I got my Mac that the iPhone was later than 2009. The original iPhone came out in 2007, so thank you, Joe Cab, for correcting me. Oh, I missed you saying that, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let, let's just say it's me. I, would, I imagine Stuart... Uh, it might be listening to this episode as well and can't believe how late we all had our first MacBooks. <laughs> um, nano saw. Um, okay, so should we, should should we, we move go? on? Yeah, you can, you can go with it, Hef. Right, so um, I'll go for this one. So this is from Joe Cab. So for those of you who don't already have an I, have an app in the App Store or a developer account, what kind of apps would you would be the first you'd create? Well, that's not, so I guess, that's not me. That well, I technically don't have an yeah. Apple. I don't have an app in the App Store or a developer account. So, but, but I'll let you guys go first. I think I, I think I think Chris is the only I've one here both, exempt yeah. from answering so, that question. So Jordan's no. Well, this this question is explicitly for Jordan. Then in this case, if you don't have an app in the App Store or developer developer account, what would be your first app? 
You just said you don't have an app in the App Store developer account. Yeah, I mean... Don't split hairs. (laughs) Um, Technically, I have the the unpaid developer account, and you could count like my professional apps, but I I don't count my professional apps. Anyway. um, God, so first app. He's going to steal your idea. That's the first I agree. Well, it's it's a brilliant idea. Am I supposed to have just like a flash of inspiration live here on the podcast? Don't say it. there's iOS developers listening, and it'll be done by the end of the week if you mention it. <laughs> no, I, I, well, that's the thing because I have the the one I've been working on off and on with 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 Steve, but I don't want to say too much about it just because I don't want it to get mm, stolen. Yeah, um, you know, with all all like dozen people that listen to this uh, podcast. Um, so if I were if I were gonna if someone said, "All right, Jordan, you you have to you have to make an app store app like today." Well, not literally today, but you have to you know start working on one right now, brand new, and publish it. I would have to go with some sort of. It's such an impossible question. I've got, I've got. So okay, I know, I I got it. Actually, I I got it. I would I would want to make some sort of network analysis tool because. At work, and this is what made me think of it. At work, I have to, I carry around a Windows tablet with me sometime, or sorry, not a Windows tablet, an Android tablet with me because there was a really good network analysis app on Android that does not have an equal on iOS. And I don't know if it's a limitation of what you are and are not allowed to do with an iOS app, but there is just not one that's even. There's not an iOS like network, like Wi-Fi analyzer tool that is even close to as good as the good ones on android what, what do you mean what, what does it what does it do like like you can use it to to you know you, you can see in real time on the screen like all of the different wireless networks that you're picking up oh. that you can pick up in the area and what and like what the signal strength is and and all that mm. that, is, that is a cool that idea interesting. Yeah. and it does sound <laughs> like the sort of thing that apple would kind of prevent us from from releasing doesn't it I know there were sim- there yeah. are there were some things that allow you to kind of test your signal strength in real time and things like that, but it doesn't give you much information at all outside of just how powerful it is. So Hef, no, I'm, I'm not saying I want to make like a I don't want to make like a like a packet sniffing tool. I'm not trying to make like you know Wireshark for iOS. But <laughs> I thought Hef had an idea. No, I um I was just thinking um I was going to say two things. So firstly, I'll talk about. I think probably what got me into even considering iOS in the first place. So um, I think it was about 2014, my my friend and I had a an app idea. And this was obviously pre any kind of understanding of how to do any kind of iOS development. Um, and it was, you know, we thought we were onto something, thought, you know, we could uh, make the app and, you know, it could make us a lot of money. Also. <laughs> but um, what we, 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 we kind of... Um, you know, we mocked it up. We we looked at kind of blueprints to understand what, what it is we wanted to do in the app. We kind of did a bit of market research and things. And then it was kind of a point of, well, okay, well, one of us is going to have to learn how to do iOS de- development. <laughs> um, or, you know, we kind of thought, did we want to invest in something and, and you know, maybe get, you know, you can hire people to do it for you. Um, and it's it, looking back on it, obviously, it's, it's, it's a very basic idea and and actually i mean i'm glad i didn't go down that route but it was um we we decided to call it the game shelf we even had a title for it and the idea the kind of premise was is that a user could log into the app 
You could. Uh, I don't know if anybody's used. Um, I don't know if anybody's used. Uh, uh, there's plenty of movie apps that do similar, where you rate movies and you can add them to libraries of movies you want to watch, movies you've watched, movies you've watched with friends, etc. Um, we wanted to do the same thing, but with games. So you know, Xbox, any any games. So Xbox games all the way through to like Atari games or whatever. Um, and that was kind of the idea that we we had. And um, I've actually got a project somewhere. I think it's hidden away somewhere um, where I, I put together, I started to learn Xcode and I put together some screens and things like that. Um, and I revisited it, revisited it again about two years ago, I think before I started my Lord of the Rings quiz. And um, I found a uh, an API that um, was free to use that returned a lot of data for uh, game data for you. Um, but at that time, it was just too much for me to understand, and yeah. I, I bit off more than I could chew, and I gave up with it. I think now I could, I could pick up something like that and and absolutely produce something. But understand, I understand now as well that the effort that would go into something like that wouldn't really pay off. So, and there's plenty of other apps out there now, especially that do very similar things and would probably do it better than I could do. Yeah, that's actually really not that's not a bad idea. And if it has been done, then you know it's a good idea. Which is always yeah. Nice. There, I, I, there was an app that I that I really really liked that was basically the same idea. You could rate podcasts and movies and games within the same app as well, which um, yeah, I thought was pretty cool. The only other thing I was going to mention um, was for anybody who was thinking, what would they do as your first thing? Now, <clears throat> I mentioned on the last episode that um, a guy called Zach who listens to the to the show and interacts with us now and again. Um, him and I have been chatting on and off over the last kind of couple of months or so. Well, years or so, but properly over the last month or so. And he's in a similar position where he's kind of wondering, what do I create? He wants to create an app, but he just doesn't know where to start. Um, Sean Allen actually put out a video um, about two weeks ago, which was essentially that problem is, what do you start on um, if you want to start on a project? And how do you kind of approach that? Um, so I definitely recommend watching that video. And and you know Zach and I had a chat um, last night, and and he's just going to hope, hope he doesn't mind me telling saying this, but he's he's a um, putting together like a um, a data conversion app, and it's you know something that's been quite basic, but it's just something that he can start with and get going with because he spent he he's spent a long time thinking about it and not doing something, and I think that can be a very difficult problem that you've that people have when they're starting out, which is you know sometimes it's easier to just get going and do something because. And that way you start learning and, and, and you know, find out what does and doesn't work. So, yeah, I think that's another good piece of advice anyways that I would give. Yeah, I mean, if you if you <clears throat> wait around for the perfect app idea that you think is going to make you a lot of money, then that's probably not going to happen. And you need to... The experience that I had, of I, I built two apps in order to get my first job. So I could say, oh, I've got this app on the App Store, I've got this app on the App Store. And they're both mm-hmm. developed in... I used different architectures and very different styles. Like one was a kind of a social media type, uh, well, not social media, but you you could still upload pictures and and comments and things. And the other one was just a flag kind of flashcard app. But I I wrote that one in Viper, so I had two very different styles. And I know that, uh, yeah, the person that the person that looked at my code the in that first job. He's still a friend of mine, actually, all these years later. And, yeah, he said that he went through it and he saw the architectures and he could just 
you just get the general idea that the person that wrote it knew what they were doing. <laughs> I think that that's, that's what <laughs> happens a lot of times when the people look for your GitHub. And then since then, I haven't made another personal app. Um, so mm. since that 2016, in order to get these jobs, um, until now, until, uh, yeah, until, until right now, which I, I'm, yeah, I'm still kind of up on the idea and think it's still a good idea. Um, but I think I'll get into it more at a later date. Um, are we moving on to another question? Yeah, I think we've only got the one more. Um, I guess, is it my turn? Um, well, where are we? Oh, is this the, the last the, one the from first Joe. one? Yeah. If you were to, if you were to find out that the app you've been working on in your workspace in your workplace was going to be <laughs> electroned, would your first <laughs> instinct to be to stay and adapt or or choose to move elsewhere? Now, what's funny about this is this is probably about one password because that's been in the news recently where they've moved over to electron for one password eight and um like ATP went quite hard on it and it was quite, if you haven't heard it, it was quite funny because they also have live chats going and in their live chat was the two founders of and and still current like owners of one password oh, wow. <laughs> so they're there <laughs> and they and they're a former sponsor of ATP so that and they were saying look we we know you're a for, former sponsor and here's our honest opinions you know and i think that's really i really appreciate that they do that um and they did go quite like hard on it and it is only a beta at the moment i think um, so my, I, I can I can address this immediately for me. Uh, the Adidas app I was working on was Electron. They went for an in-house uh, cross-platform, and I left the first chance I could. So as soon as that three months of my contract run out, I didn't renew it, even though they allowed me to. So yeah, the the idea of moving, I I am, but I know for me, I my skills are very tightly. Uh, intertwined with iOS and I struggle to learn other things kind of as a result and also I don't care to learn other like too many other things that aren't that aren't going to help me in my career as an iOS developer so yeah I um, I left and now I'm working in SwiftUI a nice uh, native iOS again how about you guys um, what, what does Electron mean is is that cross-platform turned into an Electron app yeah I didn't know what Electron is either I would which I'm realizing now does not answer your question. <laughs> God, how to explain that? Um, you you can probably explain it better than I can. I just understand it as it's something where you write once and then you can deploy it on any different system. Yeah, it's 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 okay. almost it's it's almost like do you, do you know what I mean if I if I describe something as like a Chrome wrapper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so an electron app is 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 well, like yeah, like Stephen just said in uh, in in uh, our chat, it, it's Chrome based. It's like mm. a it's a JavaScript app. It's like a it's written written like a web application, just running natively. Okay, okay. In 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 electron. So sure. One of their complaints about it, like it might be because it's early days, but it pops up saying, "Do you want to use Touch ID?" And it's like, well, this doesn't have Touch ID. So because it, it's not integrated with Mac OS, there's certain things that they won't be able to know about your system that a native app will be able to know and okay, things like that. Yeah. So so what are your and, thoughts then, Hef? Yeah. You're in the middle of writing a, an iOS app for this new company you've joined, and they say, right, we're going cross-platform with this, and they want you to stay. Yeah. What, what do you do? 
Yeah, I think um, I'd, I'd follow suit with what you said, Ben. I think um, <laughs> I was going to say, keep in mind, this means you have to learn JavaScript. Well, yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> I think based on the fact that I'm barely touching the surface, or I feel like I'm barely touching the surface with learning how to do an iOS role, especially as somebody coming in new into, like you say, if I was to start the job and they said that said this, I'd have to. I think I'd be out my death. I feel like I'd be out my death already before they even said that. If they said that. I would just, yeah, panic and think and start applying yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from it. Um, but I mean, again, I have, I have a slightly different background. Yeah, uh, guys, I wouldn't shy away from it. I think it, w- I think it, it, it could be kind of cool. And it, you know, something being electroned. I, th- I mean, it sounds like what happened with one pass is unfortunate. Uh, I haven't, I haven't looked into that one, but it is not inherently garbage. Um, one of the tools that. Uh, that we talked about, or at least that I talked about on our Dev Tools episode, um, the uh, that the uh, um, VS Code editor uh, is an Electron app, and I think anyone who's uh, using uh, using the Slack app, uh, the Slack Mac OS app on their uh, on their Mac right now, is also using an Electron app. So they're not inherently garbage. Mm. I like the Slack app. I know a lot of people hate on it quite a lot. I think I think there's something where if you go onto it and yeah, you can use Command R and it will refresh the page, like like as if you're mm-hmm. on a website. Um, but no, I think it's solid. Like I very rarely come across bugs, and generally, like the UX and everything of it's quite quite nice, especially compared to Teams. I don't know how they made Teams, but like that's trash compared to Slack, in my yeah. opinion. But but at the same time, I I could see if you were a, a career a career iOS developer, and you know, in the middle of a long career being specifically an iOS developer and, and you know, your company said to you and said, okay, we're, we're going cross platform and uh, we're going to, we're going to start, you know, we're going to build an electron and you're going to have to learn JavaScript. I can, I can easily see how someone mm. would say not, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't hold it against them. <laughs> so we have, um, we have one additional real time follow up question from the, uh, from the Slack. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's from uh, Prathamish. That's that's as good as I can uh, do that. I'm afraid. Um, if not for iOS dev uh, for, for iOS development, what would you be doing? Uh, I guess Jordan first. Well, the thing is, I guess you're you're yeah. If you weren't going to be getting into iOS development, what else would you be trying to get into? Would be the question. I mean, I, it, I, I suppose that's an easy answer for me. I, I'd stay, I'd just stick with web development. I think there's a very bright future in web development for anyone who wants to write code. Okay. What if, what if you remove, if you had to change, if you, if you had to do a different industry, I think it might be interesting. Totally different industry. Okay. Um, and are, are we calling DevOps a different industry? Like, are we saying like non, <laughs> so you want to be in not getting to write code? Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, not uh, Cody. Not coding. I need to um, this as well. I would for me personally I think it depends how clear like oh, I don't like this first like blue sky they would think it like the, the question is so yeah. for me personally like money no I would love to have been like a I'd love to have been a pilot I think but um <laughs> I think that's like pure like yeah 
pie in yeah, the sky I, I kind see of what, thing. I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, because we'd all like, like, I wouldn't mind being like Elon Musk or something. Just, just, I'd love to be a billionaire. <laughs> where, like, just <laughs> someone that's made some good investments and and lives life on a yacht, traveling around the world. Yeah. Um, but in terms of we realistic should, uh, roles, yeah. um, we should probably read Steve's here. Steve said, "I'd, I'd either do." digital signal processing or machine learning but i was getting into pcb layout design and that was pretty fun too that sounds interesting yeah i like that i i'd go i'd go into uh i might you know i'd go into it would involve you know go into a probably a university or a lab or something, but I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd probably try and go into like research science or, yeah. or mathematics or, you know, maybe something applied like, like physics. But, nice. A, a, re, a research science role would be great. That would be cool. A great fit for me. Never too late. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is like, I think a lot of the jobs that would be quite, I, I, I have to say, okay, you have to remove money from the, from the equation. So a lot of the times that you just like, well, that job does sound like fun, but I wouldn't be able to live my life as I want to if I did it that did it. But I, I would I would love to do something like I always think like I want to do something around like animals, something where you're kind of in nature and you're but mm, in this country, mm. like outside is pretty crap for a lot of the time of the year. <laughs> um, it makes me think of like, imagine if you were the person that was in charge of doing like the high level design of like a theme park or something where you get to just where, like you're doing roller coaster tycoon but for a living and you get to go right i think this is where like the the, the entrances should be and this is where people are going to see that and you kind of get to architect something like that i think that would be an incredible thing to do for a living mm. um hef did you give us an answer well pilot was one however uh, oh, i yeah. suppose a more, a more realistic one more grounded I- yeah, I, I I was always yeah very <laughs> good very good. Um, I used to be quite interested, and I did pursue it at one point too. Um, I suppose um, avenues was technical technical illustration. So um, I remember I was very into um, illust- doing technical illustrations on like um, Adobe Illustrator. For I, I did some work experience once for a company here in the UK, and. Um, really really enjoyed it and it was just it was doing technical drawings for um i think it was manuals for motorola i think it was but um but yeah that was um that was something i really was interested in at one at a certain point in time um and i did pursue it quite quite significantly um when i was a lot younger um but <clears throat> life gets in the way i needed a full time job that was paid you know um, relatively well and, and ended up working where I work now and have been there for 12, 13 years and obviously now finally pursuing something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, do we have anything else pop up? I haven't been looking at the chat. I don't think there's been any <clears throat> specific questions, no. Now we need to ask Steve's permission. Steve, we're about two hours in now. Are, we, are, you, are you happy with us uh, <laughs> for finishing off the show? Um I'd already saw we passed 10 p.m. So yeah. UK time. Oh, is that is that how you do it? Okay. Um, <laughs> depends how many technical issues I have when we first start the show, depending on how long we run. Um, Should okay. we move on to so? I, 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 again, I, I I think we discussed this briefly at the beginning, but it got cut off in that first Bosch recording. Ben, you don't get to you don't get to call losing your headphones a technical issue. <laughs> <laughs> we did get a very nice tour of your apart um, your house, though, Ben. My my little flat. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was running around the house. Uh, I thought I'd just join the join the FaceTime while I was looking for it. Otherwise, you'd just be wondering what I was doing, and I couldn't find my headphones. But I, I'm I'm enjoying. I bet the, the sound quality is probably just as good, if not better, off the off the AirPods with the duct tape. Perfect. So, uh, moving on to the uh, next bit. So, we don't have any shout outs this um, this week, and we've not had any shout outs for um, some time now. So, I thought I'd just do a little plug. So, anybody listening, please, please, please leave us some reviews um, without sounding too desperate. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, we we'd love to read them out. If you if you leave us a five star review, we'll read them out on the show, and it really, really does help us kind of um, appear in the the searches on on apple well all the podcasts i think so yeah absolutely please please leave us a review um other than that <clears throat> sorry i'm losing my voice here a little bit um i thought i'd just plug the slack workspace so if you have been listening you might have realized that we're also doing like a live chat so um if you want to follow us on within the live chat when we do the live shows um please join our slack workspace we um we the, the link to the Slack workspace is on our Twitter profile, so just have a look there, and um, you can um, join us in Slack when we do our next live show as well. I think uh, also on that, if you're listening to the show and you want to go and have a look at the chat that's been going on, because we talk a lot about pictures and links that have been mm. shared throughout the show, and most of these are in the Slack channel, so feel free to just to go on there and have a look at on the live show's channel and you'll see all of the pictures that we've been sharing and, and all of the chat that's been going on that you otherwise wouldn't have seen. So if you're a bit of a completionist, you might enjoy seeing that. We, it, it stays there forever. Absolutely. Has anybody got anything else? Um, no, all good from my side. Uh, big negative. Brilliant. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll speak to you next... We'll hear from you next time. <laughs> Steve, where are you? <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see you later, y'all. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> and <we> see. <clears throat> it's such a good feeling to be back with you, cause second season was long overdue. Let me introduce you to the new Fireside Crew. Chris and Ben are the English blokes who correct your grammar and tell witty jokes. Jordan is the baritone. Steve's the one you already know. Zach left to spend time with the shorties So raise a glass or tip your forties Giving props for the last three years And for helping out so many peers Now let's get down to business Let the four of us crack your forgiveness For excruciating segway fun And mistakes that might confuse someone Twitter's great if you've heard us slip Or if you want to share a pro tip we're at Fireside underscore Swift. At Fireside underscore Swift. You can message the entire ensemble. Or just one of us if you're more humble. We'll leave our handles in the show notes for you. And get back to you real soon. If your message is a little too long, there's FiresideSwift at gmail.com and FiresideSwift.com. FiresideSwift.com. If you like the show, leave a review. If it's five stars, we'll mention you on the very next show we do in a fortnight or two.
I made myself a coffee, and if you, and I do not drink coffee, but I've been so tired today that I thought today's the day where I'm going to need it to get like we're probably going to be talking for a few hours, and because it always makes me kind of really like anxious and edgy, and because I don't because I never really have caffeine outside of tea. I'm always very wary of drinking coffee, and I and I thought no, I'm going to do it. So I got Sally's uh, Nespresso machine thing, popped the capsule in, and and did and did the bits, and, it, and a bit came out. I was like, okay, I was kind of expecting it to fill the whole cup up, but it didn't. It gave me like a centimeter or so. Because I'm sure she's <laughs> figured out a way to actually fill the whole cup up with it, but that didn't work. So um, <laughs> I uh, I did that, and I was thinking, right, I'm not really sure what I'm doing here, but I'll just pour milk straight out the fridge. <laughs> and into the cup <laughs> and, th- and stirred it, st- stuck a sweetener in, and then I went to drink it and then realised, like, and as as it touched my lips, I was like, this is meant to be hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, usually people, like, warm up the milk, I think, is the is the usual thing that they do. Um, so now I've kind of got myself a, I don't know, just an iced... Like an iced coffee. <laughs> an espresso. It's actually delicious. The problem is, I, I, these days I actually quite like the taste of coffee. Right. Mm. But, I think it depends on on the volume of coffee. Like if I've got a really big mug of hot coffee, I'll, I'll pour cold milk straight into it, just because at that point, even less for the sake of the 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 creaminess of the milk, and more just to bring it down to a drinkable temperature. Yeah, it's to, to get it in you as quickly as possible. Well, yeah, there's there's it, I I say I say it just about every time I every time I make coffee, but you know I'll I'll put a little milk in it, or if I'm not feeling in a milk mood, I will. It's it's like blasphemy, but I'll drop like an ice cube in it. Which and oh, that doesn't wow. make it cold. It just it makes it less hot because my the thing I say every time is, well, I want I want to drink it now, not fifteen minutes from now. That's a good yeah. point. The age old the, the amount of times I make coffee or, or something or even just any hot drink, and you just forget about it. And again, I know I bang on about it, but having two kids, it's you just they distract you a lot. And um, yeah, the amount of times I found a coffee like an hour later. And you're like, oh god! And then, yeah, <laughs> it's debating whether to put it put it in the microwave and heat it up or just get rid of it. Seems like that would make you need need more coffee. I I, I flinched a little bit when when Ben said he rarely has coffee outside of drinking tea. I'm almost perpetually caffeinated. <laughs> Once you start, you 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 have to keep it up. It's the way the the biology works. I think. You know. Yeah i i tried I tried to to just kick it cold turkey once about two years ago. I got, I got, I got to like day three of the worst headache I've ever had, and said, "All right, no, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm, think, I'm going back." I think it takes like at least at least seven days or so because Sally had to do it. She was a, a huge uh, caffeine course, junkie yeah. and was having a few cups a day, and um, and as soon as she's pregnant, she's just dropped it all. She doesn't she doesn't drink anything. She doesn't uh, have any sort of coffee, um, or and maybe has like one cup of tea a day. Um, mm-hmm. and that's it. So, and, but yeah, she, so she felt really rough at first, but of course when you're pregnant, you feel rough anyway. So it didn't really matter that there was an additional roughness get like involved. But oh. yeah, as far as I understand it, if you, if you have caf- caffeine a lot, you have to have caffeine to get yourself to a normal level. But if you mm-hmm. don't have it very often, you actually go above your normal level. So, um, I wanted to talk about why I'm <laughs> caffeinating myself today. Um, and I, I put it on my Twitter yesterday and messaged you guys. Um, so probably about six weeks ago, I started the process of ordering myself a touring bike um, because a friend of mine, he 
cycled to Land's End, um, which is probably about 300 miles from where we are, to there and did it over the course of like a, maybe a week or something. And um, and then we were just in in the pub one night, and he convinced me to join him on one of his on one of his trips. So at that point, I started getting it, and I wanted to buy it through Bike to Work, which was a massive mistake. So I don't think I saved any money. I spent about a thousand pounds more than I expected to, and and it took me ages to get the bike. So I wish I'd just gone to the, gone to a shop and bought it outright. Um, but I've bought a Genesis Tour de Fur Thirty, like like. I don't really even enjoy like I'm not really particularly good at cycling or anything, but I just thought I'll just go for the top one, and and then I've got a bike for life. So that's my theory now. So I've got a bike that's designed to to ride for thousands and thousands of miles, and hopefully it will last me a lifetime if I look after it. Um, and I went on my first. So I got it on Friday, or, or got it on Thursday. I took it to the shop to get the brakes and the uh, and the gears done on the Friday, and then. On the Saturday morning, I was off on a... So it's uh, a place called Malden, and it's about 21 miles away from my house. And it was just right. We've got Google Maps, uh, a couple of bags full of everything I could think of. I put way too much in my bags. I put uh, my coat that I wear for snowboarding. I took that with me because the the, the, uh, weather forecast said it was going to be raining the whole time. So I thought, well, I'll need this. And then I, I took a massive battery pack for my phone, which which must weigh like a kilo and a half. It's absolutely enormous, <laughs> um, which was a mistake. So by the end of it, once I'd put everything in my bags, I couldn't lift up with one arm the back of the uh, bike. It was so heavy. But I just thought, you know, it's it's fine. This is this is what this is what it's all about. When I go on a long trip, I'll have even more. I'll have changes of clothes and things. So I need to get used to the weight. Um, yeah, and we just set off uh, from my house uh, to Malden and the plan was to go there get lunch and and uh, and cycle back so i think it, we we did it successfully and it was for the most part it was good uh so it, is that the first ride that you've done pretty yeah, much ever pretty much like because i'm not you, that so you didn't choose to like build yourself up to it or anything you just kind of went for it i, I did uh in kind of preparation i knew that it was coming uh, but yeah. it, a while ago i did about an, uh, an hour cycling so 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 how how far did you end up riding like how many uh, we did we did pretty how, how well far? for the route, so we ended up doing forty three miles, um, and that that's took, a lot, that's a long ride. It, yeah, it was. It and I think that, especially for the uninitiated. Yeah, I uh, I had some weird kind of. I expected to come home and not be able to walk, but when I came home, it was just pure exhaustion. Like I was horizontal and just felt awful. And then I thought I can't wait to to go to sleep, and I could not sleep. It was like mm. I had heat stroke or something. Like where you, your head's swimmy, and as soon and you almost start back awake every time you almost fall asleep. So I was in bed for a few hours before I got to sleep, um, and then it was a rough night with storms and everything. So I've just been, I think I've felt awful all day, and I've slept for a couple of hours in the afternoon in preparation for tonight. Um, but yeah, it was. It's been. It was interesting. I think the way there was really great, and then we had a really big lunch. And we had like alcohol. He bought me an alcohol-free beer, and on the way back, I was I was bloated and I felt rough. I was digesting like three different types of fish burgers. Like there's like a crab <laughs> and a lobster and a crayfish <laughs> burger, and um, and that just wasn't. I, I've learned now that that's not a good idea because we were cycling immediately. We just finished our food 
And then we just jumped on the bikes on the way back. No time to digest. Beer, beer is best. Uh, beer is best consumed at the end of the ride. Yeah, I think that. Matter of fact, mo- most <laughs> of, most of the great most of the great bike rides I've been on in my life have have ended with beer. Actually, most of them we we started the ride with with a specific bar as a destination in mind. Oh, really? You're like, okay, we're going to start here, and we're going to go. Let's go this way and this way, and we'll go. You know, we'll go by these uh, these landmarks, and we'll end at that bar. So, how do you how do you end at a bar though? How far away from your house is? How far away from getting back home is the is the bar? Oh, see, that's a different ride. Then there's a different ride that starts at the bar and and goes home. Okay, but maybe a bit more tipsy, and that's got to be rougher. <laughs> yeah. And and you typically a a much more direct route. Right. Okay. Leaving leaving the bar, I'll say to myself, "Okay, now I'm going to take the most direct route home I can." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> via some bushes and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what part of your uh, body is hurting the most? None of it. My brain, I think, oh, is, really? is the answer. But no, I've got no pain whatsoever, which is a worry because that's oh, usually wow. if you have a really good workout, you'll hurt the day after. So I, I've either got away with it like by magic because I was. On the way back, I was going up some very steep hills for a very long time, and I started standing up. And as soon as I did that, I got huge cramps down my right uh, quad, and that's when I had to pull over. And luckily, he had like a caffeinated BCAA drink that I could drink, which seems to seem to sort me out. Um, but yeah, uh, I've immediately forgotten what you asked. Your body. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. As I was saying, my brain is is screwed now, and I. And I can't figure out why. I was really hoping that, and I'm sure it will, but I really, I've got lots of Im- muscle imbalances in my in my legs. So I'm hoping mm. this, just that, like hundreds of miles eventually worth of cycling, will help me out and strengthen up both sides to an equal degree. Mm. Um, yeah, um, it's, it was it was great. It was very tough on the way back, and I think I would definitely eat something different and have some time to digest before I go back. But as a as a first cycle, I was quite quite proud of myself and i was like i can't wait to get home and i'll tell jordan all about it so, it was very exciting how far do, what <laughs> do you thank you for thinking of me oh thanks you're the only person that i know really that kind of knows the like loosely you understand the bikes and because you've got tons of bikes yeah. and things i have lots of bikes and lots of bike experiences i know steven used he used to have a bike he had a decent bike and he he pretty much used it just to ride to and from work but i think that got stolen Really? Yeah. It was. But no, I, I have I have bikes. Sorry, I, you sounded like you were starting to ask me a question. Well, I was going to say, like, how uh, how how long is your kind of longest rides? Is there a, a point where it's too long? So l- lately, my rides have all been relatively short. Um, I get on my mountain bike and I go by by the, uh, the river that, where the Rio Grande runs through Albuquerque. There's a bunch of really neat dirt trails that go through the, uh, the Bosque, which is like the forest next to the river. Um, and so I'll, I'll take my mountain bike through there. And if I'm going on a, on a, like my, my short loop is the short loop I do is a little over eight miles. And if I do my long loop, it's about 15. And the terrain's quite, it's not road. The terrain is, it? is, it's more or less. I mean, it overall it's, it's, kind of flat you know as i'm headed north i'm going gradually uphill and as i'm headed south i'm going gradually downhill again um but it's lots of small variation in terrain you know up a few feet down a few feet yeah bumpy per because it's all it's all dirt paths in a 
it's all dirt paths at a spot next to the river that you know floods about once a year. Right. So it's not it's not very consistent. Do you think you could like the the bike that I bought? Do you think it's possible to use that on those sort of trails, or do you need suspension or something like that? No, you don't. You don't need suspension. The bike I've been riding it has a suspension fork on it, but I usually it has it has a lockout knob oh, on right. it, and I keep it locked out. Um, you totally can ride a rigid bike on trails like like that. Um, I think mo- the biggest thing is you know how how wide of a tire you can fit on your bike. Because you know if you can mm. fit a you know, 32, 35 millimeter or wider tire on it. Ride just about anywhere. Awesome. Yeah. One, yeah. one day I'll, I'll go on, I'll go on rides like that, I think. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think we want to do, um, we want to go to Bath. So, uh, like, was it Paul Hudson's old? Mm. I know that one. Hang out. <laughs> Bath. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go there. So that's going to take, I think we're going to do that in a few weeks time. If I can build up the kind of stamina. So basically it'll be, uh, probably go to London first and then, so we'll get about 60 miles closer via train and then we'll do two 50 mile days on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, cause I can't, I don't really want to take a day off work and especially as we're meant to be releasing the app that following day, I think it might take, take the miss a bit to, uh, to have a day off just before release. Um, yeah, so we're doing that, and then we want to go from London to Brighton as well. That would be the next one. I think that's about 55 miles or so. Um, and then Hefkin cycle along the, the south coast and come and see us. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. that sounds fun. <laughs> I've got, I think the, the bike that I've got in the garage, I think I bought about seven or eight years ago, and I think it cost me about 150 quid. So right, okay. I, I don't think it's prepared for any type of long distance well any distance basically well i'd love to hear you so. try it sounds like fun <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know about that <laughs> um, i don't know how far bright brighton is from from here actually probably I think, I think it's about an hour and a 40 in the car or so so yeah i can might be my head can't translate how far that would be i imagine it's an hour 40 in a car is probably uh, you know help. i don't know what your speed limits are like over there I think that's a good point. I think ours are like seventy is the max you can go. Um, Wait, hold on, miles per hour or miles kilometers per hour? Per hour? Oh, okay. You, sorry, it's two hours. Yeah. Just just over just under two hours in the car. Sorry, one hour fifty seven. How many miles? Ninety five. Okay, that'd be yeah, a long ride. So, yeah, a, f- a friend of mine like gets I'll drive up, there and meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should do. Actually, that's not a terrible idea because it's that's we it, don't yeah. we we won't be driving, we won't be cycling back. We'll probably just. Leaving, leave on a Saturday morning and get there by the afternoon and then uh, get the train back in the evening or maybe even the following day so maybe maybe we could meet up yeah, yeah. no no let, let me know what day it is I'll, uh, I'll have a look yeah we'll do but we've got the bath one first I think ding that's for that's for Mr. McSwift face <laughs> 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 